And we are back. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. Talk about the tiny town of Carville, Colorado. You know where that is? Well, they're gearing up now for the 15th annual Mountain Plover Festival, which will be held Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, April 28th, 29th, and April 30th. And to tell us more about that is biologist Katie Merriweather, who grew up in Carville. And Katie, welcome to Mile High Magazine. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about the town of Carville, and maybe a lot of people don't know about it. I've been around Colorado 35 years and never heard of Carville. So what's it about? What was it like growing up there? Well, uh, Carville is a very, very small, unincorporated town on the eastern plains of Colorado. Um, so it's southeast of Denver, about two, two and a half hours, straight east of Colorado Springs. And you really have to deliberately go there in order to get there. <laughs> There's no passing through. <laughs> Uh, so, but it's got a school and a post office and, and a real community of farmers and ranchers who, who make things work on the eastern plains of Colorado. And you've lived there all your life? I grew up there, yes. I currently live an hour south of it. But, um, yeah, I played sports there. I have all my early friends there every Every early experience in my life happened in Carville. So. Well, that's a good memory. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. When you grow up in a small town like that, it's, it's a good memory, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. So Carville and the Mountain Plover Festival. Now, the plover's a bird, for people that don't mm-hmm. know. So is bird watching kind of a big thing they do out, not just in Carville, but in all the plains of Colorado? Um, yes and no. So there's not a big draw to eastern Colorado. You're not going to find a lot of flashy warblers out there, but there is lots of grassland obligate species out there. Um, and these are birds you're not going to see on the front range much. You're not going to see these in the mountains. You're not going to see them anywhere except really nice prairie. And uh, a lot of folks sort of drive by the prairie. You don't get into it. But when you step outside a car and you walk around, there's wildflowers, there's birds, there's butterflies. There's all sorts of cool things that can draw you into the prairie and make you look a little closer. And and Carvel's got some of that really nice short grass prairie, including the mountain plovers that nest there. So, and you won't find those. Funnily enough, you won't find find the mountain plovers in the mountains. They're uh, they're prairie species. They require that open space. Are they? They're not a big bird, though, are they? No, um, about the size of a robin, a little bit more slender, but they're a stereotypical shorebird. Really cryptic, kind of hard to see, full of whites and browns, um, speckled so that they can avoid predators. Wow. What kind of predators would be after a plover? <laughs> um, just about anything that could catch it, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, a snake. Uh, a snake? Foxes, oh, uh, you know, falcons, whatever could, could find it will eat it. <laughs> well, and I'm curious. I know you're a biologist. So did your interest in studying things like the plover or the plains, the eastern plains, where there's a lot of different, all kinds of animals out there, I would imagine, is that what drove you into becoming a biologist? It is, yeah. I, I grew up on a ranch, and one of the things you do when you're out working cattle is you're just outside appreciating appreciating nature. And you might not identify all the birds or all the flowers, but just taking that in and soaking it in um, sort of gave me the, the interest to to learn more and and work in that environment, you know, work towards helping that environment. So that's what you do now. What kind of a job do you have? I'm, now I'm getting kind of personal, I guess, or getting away from the festival, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm so curious, and I'm sure a lot of other people are too, so now you're a biologist. What do you do with that? Yeah, yeah I work for Bird Conservancy of the Rockies. I'm a private lands wildlife biologist, 
which means that I work with folks like the, the Carvel ranchers and farmers who are putting on this festival who want to protect wildlife. Um, so I set up projects to improve their land for wildlife, to help things work better for the rangeland, to help things work better for birds. Um, and really, once you start pulling people who want the best for their land and the birds and the land and pull it all together into this nice package, you can really make positive conservation happen on the ground. Well, people don't realize how big of agriculture is in Colorado. So you're really helping those folks that are doing that for a living, aren't you? I'm trying to, yes, certainly. Um, we the, the important thing about conservation is that it, it ought to be able to work for everybody. So, um, and I think the, the Carvel Flower Festival is a great example of this, where um, folks in Carvel about 15, 20 years ago really committed to coexisting with plovers. And so they changed some of the things that they did. And that was through a collaboration between biologists and, and agriculturalists wanting to work together for, for sort of a legacy in terms of conservation. It's interesting to me, too, because the plovers, you just said, a smaller bird, a ground-type bird that probably works in the land of these farmers, but the farmers are, do a lot of land digging, you know, for planting and the like. How do they avoid a plover? Well, it's tough. Um, they did a lot of sort of nest searching early on and just find where do plovers like to nest, and they really do like open grounds, right? So fallow fields that farmers are preparing or prairie dog towns that grazers are, are running their cattle on. Um, and so just sort of finding those nests and then avoiding them at specific times of the year. So some of the farmers in the area will um, circle those nests and leave them so that the plovers can hatch and then move on from that nest. Um, That's a big move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's not so big a thing when you think about it in the scheme of things, but it does require, you know, changing the way you do things looking at the land, paying attention to what's going on. And it's great that they've been willing to do that. And you're helping them do that, Katie. There's no doubt about it. So now we know about you. We know about the plover. Let's talk more about the Mountain Plover Festival. Like, what is it, the 15th annual down there? It is. It's been going for 15 years now. It's a it's a great way for you to get into the small town community, for one thing. So it's three days, and the goal of the three days is, one, everybody's to see a plover that's the top goal if you leave without seeing a plover from the plover festival we've failed you um, but also <laughs> it's to get to know a little bit more about eastern colorado and all the bits and parts of it so a lot of people don't spend time in the prairie and you'll get to spend a little time out here a lot of people don't know where their beef or their wheat is coming from you'll get to know some farmers and ranchers and have some good food and get some entertainment this year they're having live raptors on Saturday, some great, um, I believe they're doing brisket on Saturday night. The local clubs um, cook the meals, community members will come. Um, there's usually some merchandise to buy. It's kind of trying to be an all-around family-oriented event. Well, it is. Sounds like it sounds like fun, for one thing, and, and food's always good for me, I'll tell you that. Home-cooked food like that. But are they learning more about what's happening down there as far as just the plover, about other maybe migratory birds or what else is residents down there? Do they get a chance to see that and experience that? They do. They'll get to see a lot of different things. I mean, uh, 
locally in that area, the CPW, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, has done some trapping for swift foxes. Um, there's a lot of other cool wildlife that occurs out there. So peregrine falcons we've seen during the festival. We've seen badgers during the festival. Um, you know, just watching pronghorns try to outrace uh, a bus is always fun. There's a lot of great wildlife that happens around around the buses, around the tours. That's more than just the birds. But they have seen um, at least, I believe it's 70 species of bird on a weekend. 70? Um, Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great time to come out and do some bird ID. with. We all have experts, including myself and others who have been at it longer than I have even. So we've got some great folks. Well, it's the Mountain Plumber Festival. It's in Carville, Colorado, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. So how does the farm community, the ranch community, get involved with the Mountain Plumber Festival since they're kind of responsible for it, I guess? Yeah, it's all put on by the Carville Alliance, um, which is a group of community members who, who get in touch with landowners both to get on their land, like permission, all the places we'll visit will have involved landowners who want us on their property. Um, and also you can do homestays with some of the ranchers and farmers. So wow. folks, yeah, there's no, there's no hotels or, or any RV parks, anything like that. You can bring a tent, you can bring an RV and um, camp out on the prairie, but you can also stay with local folks and, and get to know a couple people, just talk to them about their lives. So do you have really a really carvel trying to open the doors? Well, you must have a website. Let's get to the website. If people are interested, they're going to need to know how to get a hold of these farmers or where they can camp and all that kind of information and what's going on with mm-hmm. the festival. So what's the website? It is mountainplubberfestival.com, and there you'll find the dates, the um, brochures, and we do um, require a reservation for coming out. Uh, we have limited space on the buses, but we welcome everybody, kids, adults. Um, that's all the categories of people there are, but we welcome everybody to come. <laughs> well, no, but it sounds like a real family adventure and very educational about the state they live in. Because as I said early on in our conversation here, I've been here a long time and never knew a thing about Carvel. And now I'm learning something. Now I'm interested because it's fun to see that. Uh, the state is so diverse as far as animals and vegetation and every part of the state you go to is different and no exception for you guys too, right? Mm-hmm. Not, I see something new every time I come out as well. So talk about the festival itinerary. I mean, there's a Friday, there's a Saturday, there's a Sunday. Every day has got to be something different, something more to get involved with. Can you run down some of the itinerary? Yeah, uh, Friday is is kind of a short evening event. Uh, we'll have an ice cream social, get folks checked in, and then do do an evening tour looking for owls or other nightlife and uh, sun, Saturday is the big full day. It starts early in the morning, cook your breakfast, go out and hunt birds in the morning, have a big lunch, do some downtime and afternoon tours, and finally end with um, a big brisket supper and entertainment that night. So Saturday is a good time to come if you want to come out for one day. Um, and then Sunday we do some morning tours before folks head back to Denver or wherever else they might be coming from. So it's kind of a big schedule, but with no hotels or anything, they should come prepared 
maybe bring extra food with them? I mean, you're serving some meals, but not every meal. We are. We will serve every meal. So oh, if good. you came on Friday afternoon, we would have Friday dinner, Saturday breakfast, Saturday lunch, Saturday dinner, and Sunday breakfast for you. Um, there's usually snacks on the bus. But if you um, if you like your own snacks, certainly bring more snacks. Um, but we will have food available for every one of those meals. What about uh, gas stations and the like? Are they nearby? You know, they're not right in Carvel, but are they near Carvel? The nearest gas station is about half a mi- half an hour away, so uh, in the county seat of Hugo, Colorado. So you will need to fill up before you come out. Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. Well, if you're a true camper, you're probably used to that kind of preparation, I would imagine, right? Yes. Yes. So, is there any cost in scenario we can help you out? Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure all the people in Carville will be willing to help with something if you run into a snag, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. And and is there any cost involved? Yes. uh, For registering, you will need to pay. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm sorry, that's not on my notes. Um, But you'll need to pay a registration fee. Uh, It is a discounted price for the whole weekend versus just paying for one of the days, or you can pay by tour. How about the meals and stuff? Are there charges for that, or is that all included when you register? It depends on how you register. If you register for the whole weekend, it can be included. Um, but usually, but the meals are distinct if you go by a day basis. So um, meals are $8 for the lunch and breakfast, and then $15, I believe, for the evening meal. Sounds pretty reasonable to me. It's the Mountain Plover Festival, Carville, Colorado, again, April 28th, 29th, 30th. You go to mountainploverfestival.com. You need to make a reservation. And you said, like, from the Denver area, it's a couple-of-hour drive, so prepare accordingly. And uh, Katie Merriweather, a biologist and from Carville, Colorado, appreciate the time. Looking forward to that festival. Hope it goes well for you. Thank you. And I hope... uh... I hope everyone enjoys it, too. Well, I hope the weather holds out. That's always key in Colorado. You never know. Right, but right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, late in the month, though, it should be pretty good. Thanks for coming on Mile High Magazine, Katie. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll be back with more next Sunday right here.